You're listening to Radio Influence. Oh, we are ready to go with a Final Four edition of the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday, and we are ready to descend on San Antonio, Texas for the 2018 Men's NCAA Division I Basketball Championship. Semifinal Saturday, the championship game on Monday night. I'm T.J. Reeves. I'm your somewhat lucid and capable host. He is senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. Kevin Rogers back with me one more time. Now, first of all, do not get emotional on me. Do not get misty on me. We're about to conclude Season 3 of Three Dog Thursday on this program, uh, analyzing, predicting, talking about the Final Four. We're, we're done for another season run until the fall of 2018. You're not, you're not going to break up or, or get upset on me, are you? No, what's funny is I just watched the finale of This Is Us a few nights ago on NBC, and they always have a cliffhanger, some crazy storyline, and I'm kind of wondering if we're going to have a crazy storyline <laughs> here to wait till next uh, football season. Yeah, we have done this the last couple of years where we make our Final Four analysis predictions, but we never, we never come back and pay it off the following week in April because there aren't college basketball games anymore to discuss and to predict underdogs with. we got to wait on the cliffhanger all the way until the college football season and Labor Day weekend, which will be about five months from now. Uh, we've had a blast, and again, I, I want to say this, which I'll probably say again later on in the show, thank you to the audience. You have found the show. You have spread the word about the show. Uh, w- whether you found us through RadioInfluence.com or you're subscribing now on iTunes or Stitcher or however you find the program, Thank you for doing that because, Kevin, it has still maintained all the way through the college basketball season. There are tens of thousands of people finding this digital show every week. On average, the average for January and February, we had over 50,000 listens to our four or five weeks. So that tells you there are a lot of fans that are finding this show, and uh, and we're, we're happy about that. We've grown it here over the course of three years. Again, continue to spread the word. Rank us there on iTunes and Stitcher where more people will see us. Make some comments about the show. More people will see the show and find it more readily. So with all of that out of the way, let's get to some basketball. Again, we're exclusively talking Final Four and underdogs. Before we get to the actual matchups, which will be later on here in the program, let's go back to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. And, oh, looky here, our college basketball role continues. At one point in the regular season, you and I were a combined 19-4 and predicting underdogs. Last weekend, we combined to go 4-2. and I hit... Thank you very much, or thank you very little. All three of my Sweet 16 underdogs, you cashed in with the Ramblers of Loyola of Chicago. Congratulations uh, with that. So our our role continues through the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. Give me a a couple of comments, a couple of opinions on what you saw coming out of the weekend as we end up with Loyola Chicago against Michigan and Villanova against Kansas, Kevin. Well, when you look at the right side, I guess, of the bracket, and you had Villanova and Kansas and Duke, you know, and even West Virginia, who's a very strong team, that, uh, you know, teams like that, and even Texas Tech, who played very well this year, and then you go to the left side, and you saw what came out of there, Kansas State, who was fortunate to avoid Virginia, but they also had a nice win over Kentucky. Obviously, the story with Loyola Chicago, which we'll get to, you know, throughout the show, and then on the bottom with Florida State coming that close to beating Michigan, where Florida State went on a run 
where, you know, they beat Xavier, they beat Gonzaga, and almost beating Michigan would have been pretty much unbelievable for the Seminoles. But uh, Michigan, you know, they obviously proved that that Big Ten tournament in New York and then having the week off didn't really affect them as they were able to get back to the Final Four. And John Beeline you know, still does a pretty good job with that Michigan team. But we see how good or elite that Villanova is and even the job that Kansas has done. You know, Kansas wasn't expected out of the four ones. They were kind of the ones that were going to get bounced early. That's what it felt like. And they are still standing. They beat Duke in overtime, which was a very tough game. It went back and forth towards the end of regulation. But, uh, you know, good for the Jayhawks. And it kind of seems like when they don't have the big stars going to the NBA that they, they make these kind of runs. When they have the big stars, they get bounced early. So, <laughs> you know, you get two – I'm not going to call Michigan a blue blood because really, you know, they're still like a football program first before basketball. But Villanova, Kansas, Michigan, good basketball program. And then the story with Loyola Chicago and what they've done to reach the Final Four, which is still unbelievable coming out of that region. It is. Uh, it's wild to have watched all of this unfold. All right, so you gave me a lot of meat there on the bone. I want to go back uh, to Sunday and the finish at the end of regulation, Duke and Kansas. Again, it's a few days later on Three Dog Thursday. I, I still don't know how that ball didn't go in. Off the backboard, around the rim, rattled in and out. Uh, it would have sent Kansas home. It would have put Duke back in the Final Four. Again, credit Kansas for putting it away in overtime, but I, I don't think we're wrong to say they're lucky to be alive. Grayson Allen got the shot off, a makeable shot off the backboard from about 10 feet away, and it did not go in, and I still don't know how it didn't go in to keep Kansas alive, Kevin. Yeah, and for Duke, you know, you're thinking Marvin Bagley, who is probably going to be the number one pick, you know, or it could be the number one or number two pick in the NBA draft. You have him. Grayson Allen had a very good career. You know, Duke is always going to have the talent. Coach K is going to bring them in. But, you know, I always believe that every program, you not every program can save their goals from the championship. It's unrealistic. It, it just is. But when you have the likes, you know, for Loyola Chicago to get to the Final Four, they can lose by 50 and it's still a success. Of course. But for Duke, their expectations to get to the Final Four, for them even losing to Kansas, you know, it's not an upset. They were favored in that game, but still isn't an upset in my mind. It's still a disappointment, you know, that Duke is expected every year to go to the Final Four. It feels like Villanova's kind of gotten into that class recently. Kentucky has as well, or, I mean, they, they always have. Same thing with Kansas, that all of these schools are expected to go to the Final Four, and for them to lose the way they did, it's in the end, it's a disappointment. And, you know, people can go back and say, well, Duke wasn't even – you know, the, the top team in the ACC this year, they weren't the number two team in the ACC this year, but still they're expected to do these things and they're going to lose a bunch of guys to the draft and they're still going to reload. But all in all, you, you can't say it's not a disappointment for them. Well, and uh, again, expectations are different as you, as you mentioned, and we'll get into this with some different teams. Villanova had the expectation on them most of the year, uh, number one team in the country uh, down the stretch of the season. And as it ends up, they're back in the Final Four looking to get a second championship in three years. Jalen Brunson, fantastic player. We'll talk more about this in the breakdown, I'm sure, with the Kansas game. But credit them out of the Big East. So you got you got the Big East, you got the Big 12, you got the Big 10 with Michigan, and then you got the Missouri Valley Conference. Hey, a quick note on the run of Loyola of Chicago. I thought this was interesting. Pat Forty of Yahoo.com, to prop him up, wrote about this, and a lot of people may not realize this. They were in trouble in their quarterfinal game 
in the uh, Missouri Valley Tournament in St. Louis on the Friday afternoon of that Missouri Valley quarterfinal round, they were in trouble. Much the same way, Kevin, that Middle Tennessee State lost to a team with a losing record. The the uh, MTSU Raiders were beaten by Southern Miss. It knocked them out of uh, of the Conference USA tournament. And when it did that, it basically sealed their fate for an automatic bid. It became a reason to exclude them. So you talk about the run that Loyola of Chicago is on. They were they were in desperate trouble late in the game um, in that matchup on that Friday with Northern Iowa. They were losing late in the game. Clayton Custer, who's been so tremendous in these four NCAA tournament games, was scoreless in that game in the final couple of moments as Pat Forty was writing the recap. And it was Richardson, Ben Richardson, who hit the big three-point shot late in that game. They survive. They win by four. They go on to win the semifinal game with Bradley. And then they beat Illinois State easily to get the automatic bid. His point was they lose that quarterfinal game. They're not in the NCAA tournament at large. They more than likely are not. They, they started making plays in St. Louis, and it hasn't stopped now for three weekends for them as they continue to rock on to the Final Four living dangerously to beat Miami on a last-second shot, beat Tennessee. Custer himself hit the last-second shot that rattled in. Last-second three-ball by Towns uh, in the in the Nevada win in the Sweet 16. And then what a great performance against Kansas State. Never really threatened down the stretch. My, my point is, this can be a fragile thing. And we almost would have never heard of Loyola of Chicago because they almost got beat on the Friday quarterfinals of their conference tournament. They may not have even been in the NIT, Kevin, if that had been the case. And I know you want to follow up some on their run, so go ahead and tell me more about uh, the Ramblers in this run. I did some digging, and since 2005, all right, now let me try to say this in, in, the, most, in the most correct and accurate way. Since 2005 in the NCAA tournament, there's been only two teams that have been a three-seed or lower that reached the final four that did not beat a one or a two somewhere in this run one of them is Loyola Chicago the other is Michigan State back in 2010 they were a five seed they got to the final four they didn't beat a one or a two because they got knocked out they played Butler the first Butler team that lost to Duke eventually that's right in the championship Butler was a five seed so Michigan State got all the way to the final four didn't face any ones or twos okay now Loyola Chicago you look and see what they've done. Is it a great run? Absolutely. For a team like that, for a small school like that, definitely. Lonnie Walker hits two free throws. They get knocked out in the Miami game going right. back to the first round. They hit that three. And I know what if, what if, what if. But still, they were on. They were ready to go home, okay? They beat Miami, who was a six seed. They beat Tennessee, overachiever this year in the SEC. Auburn and Tennessee were the top two teams. Auburn got run by Clemson in the second round, and Tennessee overachieved. They were three seed, and Loyola Chicago beat them. Then they draw Nevada. Nevada, who should have lost to Texas in the first round, down 14 late in regulation. They come back, they tie it. They beat Texas in overtime. Then they had that 21 or 22-point <laughs> comeback against Cincinnati, yes, which is like ridiculous, okay? Then they beat Kansas State, and that was their biggest victory of the four. Kansas State, who also avoided Virginia, that yes, they had a nice one over Kentucky. I, I can't take that away from them. But in this South region, TJ, Virginia, 
Arizona, Kentucky, Cincinnati. They avoided all four of them. So you talk about the mathematics of that, that Loyola Chicago, you thought they would have drawn at least one of those teams, and they missed all four of them, and now they're in the Final Four. They're not playing a one or a two now with Michigan. That's right. They'd only get a one or a two or a one or a one in the championship if they beat Michigan and they would face Villanova or Kansas. So, again, not taking away from what they've done, but the way that it's all worked out, they've had a nice golden road where they have not had to play any power school so far. And it's worked out. They've won their games, but they have not pulled any huge upsets at all. If you look at the point spreads, they've all been very close. So, really... You know, for the exception of the Tennessee game, I think they were getting five in the Tennessee game, five or six. That's correct. That, it's all, you know, Buffalo beating Arizona was an upset. Marshall beating Wichita State was an upset. Obviously, UMBC over Virginia was an upset. Loyal Chicago has really upset anybody so far. Well, uh, and again, they have not lost a game going all the way back now to January the 31st, believe it or not, when they lost to Bradley by two at Bradley. Since then, I mean, since January, they have run off this, uh, this win streak. You mentioned the Tennessee win. I don't think I said it in my little build up to your, your part. Clayton Custer, to go back to him, makes the shot against Tennessee, a ball that hit the side front of the rim with just a couple of seconds left. They're down by one. It touched the backboard. It then rattled in. If that ball rattles off, Tennessee grabs the rebound because they got two guys under the basket. The game is over. They're home there in the round of 32. They have lived dangerously. You start talking about Sister Jean, the Catholic nun that is the team chaplain in divine intervention. There has been some of that with some of the bounces and the breaks. But look, and I know you're not saying this, it's not their fault. You play who's in front of you. It's not their fault that Virginia got beat by a lesser team, UMBC, Maryland-Baltimore County. It's not their fault that Cincinnati got upset in that game by Nevada. You can only control who's in front of you. Can't. Kentucky played an awful game with Kansas State in the Sweet 16 game back last week. Uh, it was set up completely. I mean, a week ago on this show, we were talking about how it is red carpet rolled out, were we not, for Kentucky to be in the Final Four. And they laid an egg against Kansas State, got behind 13-1 to early, couldn't make three-point shots, couldn't score, went against a smaller Kansas State lineup for the last three or four minutes of the game, and couldn't take advantage of it. So that's, uh, you, you really shake your head, but that's not, again, that's not Loyola's fault. You're playing the teams that are in front of you. And I'll submit one more thing. On the Michigan side of things uh, in this bracket, Michigan gets an opening win over the 14-seed Montana. They then beat Houston on the last second shot. Here we go again with Michigan could have been home, if not for the last second three ball that won the game, the half-court pass, and then the, the one dribble and bomb goes in. They go to the Sweet 16, and instead of playing the top seed uh, Xavier, uh, Michigan ends up playing against Florida State in the uh, in the regional final, this is uh, and instead of playing North Carolina in the Sweet 16, they played Texas A&M. So in Michigan's case, they played a 14, a six, a seven, and a nine. Again, take nothing away from John Beeline's team. You play who's in front of you. They're not going to. And Kevin, you know this. They're not going to put an amendment. They're not going to put footnotes. Didn't play a one seed. Didn't play a two seed. One of those two teams going to line I up in the title say, game. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, you. Yes, it's very valid. Michigan has not played any great competition. Yes, they got lucky. Florida State took care of some of their business in A&M by knocking those teams out. But Michigan was a three seed. So, you know, if you were to say Villanova, or Can- I know Kansas played Duke, but if you were to say, you know, Villanova avoided this, well, they're the top seed. Michigan's a three seed. 
so it's okay because you're that high. When you're an 11 seed yeah. and you avoid all of these teams, that's where I say, because I'm not going to say that every team has got to beat a bunch of ones down to, to validate a championship. That's not what I'm saying. But Michigan, I understand a little bit more because there are three seeds, so you're going to play some weaker competition. But here's where I guess with Loyola. If they beat Michigan, yeah, that's obviously the best win out of the five if they beat them because Michigan is by far the best team out of the five they would have played. Then if you can find a way to beat Villanova or Kansas, then I'll, I'll be extremely impressed. And not to say if they lose by 50 to Michigan, then it, it was, the whole thing was a bomb. No, because it's a great story. But you end up getting to that level and you're beating a Villanova or a Kansas for the national championship, that will be extremely impressive. Well, and, and again, and you're not using this word, and I've, I've repeated this word elsewhere on other uh, shows and interviews, there's no one undeserving in the Final Four. And you're not saying undeserving. You're just saying take a look at the road. And the road, they were very fortunate to avoid Virginia, to avoid Cincinnati, to avoid Kentucky, who was right in front of them uh, last weekend in Atlanta. They played who they played. They've won the games. They are there. It's a remarkable story. They have a national championship. Loyola of Chicago won in 1963 in the championship game over Cincinnati. So they have a national title. Uh, John F. Kennedy was the president, and Sister Jean was 43 years old, the nun, the chaplain. She's now 98. Is that young then? Is that not incredible? She was 43. She's now 98. 55 years later uh, for this matchup. So, yeah, that is uh, that that is a, a fascinating aspect of this. Uh, a reminder, by the way, Three Dog Thursday is brought to you by our friends at Smack Apparel and SmackApparel.com. They have got great in-your-face themed college tees, including the Villa Dilly. You want to check this shirt out for Villanova fans in the Villanova uh, dark blue with the bracket in the background and Ben Franklin on the front. Villa Dilly shirts and use the promo code HOOP as part of Three Dog Thursday, use that promo code HOOPS and save 30% off your order of the Villanova shirt. Michigan fans, they've got the the big blue shirts, Kansas fans. I'm, unfortunately, they do not have uh, Loyola Chicago Ramblers merchandise. Of course, everybody else has merchandise. Sister Jean even has her own shirts and socks right now that are being <laughs> licensed and being put out. But again, go to smackapparel.com, use the promo code HOOPS, check out the Villa Dilly shirt, all the other ones for the Final Four this weekend. You you can order them now as you're hearing the show and get them delivered by the weekend, particularly if you're a Villanova fan and looking to play in that championship game. Uh, order them up, 30% off with the promo code HOOPS at SmackApparel.com. Hey, one more on Jay Wright and, and Villanova. We'll get to this uh, coming up in the final segment with the matchup with Bill Self and, and with those coaches. In their case, uh, one of the things I'm struck by, veteran players again. He doesn't have one-and-dones. He has guys that play there two, three years, Brunson, Bridges, uh, DiVincenzo, who's now been there, um, Phil Booth, who's been there, back to their national championship team a couple of years ago. The job he's done and bringing players in and a core that stays together, it's paid off for Villanova, and here they are back in the Final Four, right? You buy that? Well, definitely. And, and you know what? They're the class of, of the Big East, and they've been that way for years now. And you know what? I mean, again, and this is how, you know, you saw about how delicate it is that you go back to that championship two years ago, North Carolina tied the game late with a three. Villanova misses that three. They go to overtime and lose. You know, what is there to say about Villanova? But the problem is that you have so many coaches that are so, that, that, that we regard so highly that, I mean, past Coach K and maybe, I guess, Roy Williams, you have a lot of coaches that are, 
up there as the elite coaches that have one title. And you say, why is that? Why do they only win once? Because it's so hard to get there. And you get a bad matchup. You have a bad game. I mean, you talk about even Kentucky. They got down 13-1 to in that game. You erase that bad start. They were right there the whole game. And you have a bad – it's not even a bad half. It's sometimes the bad five minutes, and it ruins you. And that takeaway from Calipari and what he did, honestly, I thought he did a pretty good job considering his team wasn't that great this year. And they put it together, and they won the SEC tournament. They got themselves to the Sweet 16. But like you said earlier here on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin Rogers, the expectation in Kentucky, they expect to be in the Elite Eight, the Final Four, win the championship every year. And he's been in the Final Four and been in championship games uh, over and over again, including the victory uh, that they took home in 2012 in New Orleans. And uh, they've been in the championship game uh, since then with a loss to UConn a couple of years later in North Texas. So, But uh, again, that Villanova team tested by Texas Tech down the stretch. They made their foul shots. Uh, Again, they've got veteran leadership. Now they're back in the Final Four with a lot of that experience against a very good Kansas team that, again, kind of has that same nucleus with Graham uh, and others that have been there for two or three years. Let's see if it works out for the Jayhawks. I do know this. I'm headed to San Antonio, and I think half the state of Kansas or most of the state of Kansas will be there on the weekend, whether they have tickets or not. About an eight- or nine-hour car ride to get to San Antonio from, uh, from Lawrence and the greater Kansas City area. Let's see. Who shows up on that front? Kevin, stand by. When we get back with you, we're going to make predictions on the two games. Do either one of us like the underdogs, Loyola Chicago against Michigan or Kansas against Villanova? It is our final edition of Three Dog Thursday for the 2018 college basketball season. We do have more on the way. Stay with us. Well, as the mayhem of March rolls on, I'm going to call back in the voodoo chef himself. Chef Eric Youngs is with me. My bracket is blown up. I don't know about yours, so I need to be put into a good mood and talk some barbecue. And the barbecue bundle that you have going on at VoodooChef.com, sir, good to have you. Thanks for having us, TJ. Let me tell you, my bracket is so jacked up, man. I've been outside at the Green Egg as we speak, putting my barbecue bundle to work. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the bundle for the fans here because it's going to be spring. I know we're in Florida where it's warmer, but for a lot of places it's going to warm up in the next month or two, spring and summer. What's in that barbecue bundle that they can get at VoodooChef.com? You know, TJ, it all starts with the rubs when we're talking about barbecue. And in the barbecue bundle, you get both of Voodoo Chef's uh, signature rubs. You'll get our espresso rub that we call dirt. And we all know everybody likes to get dirty every now and again. And if that's not your style, we also have the magic in there. And the magic is our pork rub. And it is off the chart. And that's not it, TJ. When they come off the grill, you're going to get all four of our barbecue sauces. They kinda, they're kind of like the bracket itself. They represent different regions of the United States. You're going to get your Eastern North Carolina, your Kansas City. You're going to get your Southern-style mustard barbecue sauce. And my personal favorite, the Bama Q. Oh, my mouth is watering just listening to this. Again, it's the barbecue bundle. Tell them how and where they find it, Chef Eric. TJ, it's real simple. www.voodooshef.com. Click on the product link, and it'll take you right to the top of the screen where the barbecue bundle is available. And only for the mayhem of March, 
you're saving a sweet $16, which is over 25% of the retail price. Again, we'll say that again. If you were buying these items, the sauces and the rubs a la carte, you would be paying at least $16 more buying them item by item. So the bundle is going to save them at least 25%. On it. We love that. Over 25%. Over 25%, TJ. It's a great deal, TJ, and it's only available at VoodooChef.com. All right, so once more, the barbecue bundle voodoochef.com under the products chef eric we're ready for more hoops this weekend and we're ready for barbecue coming soon with that barbecue bundle thank you thank you tj i hope your bracket tightens up my friend the dogs are barking who will get it done this week three dog thursday now continues here again is tj reeves we are back in. It is the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. Our final episode here in the college basketball season. We will be back in the football season once college football rolls around Labor Day weekend and eventually the NFL season. That'll be here before you know it. But Kevin and I take a little spring and summer hiatus on Three Dog Thursday every year at this time. And it comes around the Final Four. Will it be a Final Four cliffhanger? We've had a fantastic drama throughout this tournament again on the left side of that bracket with Loyola of Chicago and Michigan advancing on last second shots remember again the Wolverines in the in the round of 32 game the second round game with Houston had to make a three-pointer at the buzzer by Jordan Poole the freshman or else they'd have been home and Houston would have been in the Sweet 16 so there have been some teams hanging on. We talked about Kansas in the first segment, having to hope and pray that that Grayson Allen shot didn't go in. It ends his career. It ends Duke's season. Kansas moves on. And again, for Villanova, they they were tested by both West Virginia, who was beating them by 10 in the second half in the Sweet 16 game, and by Texas Tech, who closed within five late in the game before Villanova put it away. So these teams will be tested some more on the weekend. Let's get into game number one Saturday at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Talk to me uh, about uh, Loyola, Chicago, and Michigan. Kevin, what do you think this game comes down to? Look, it's like anything else. These teams hit their shots. You know, you're going to see success. And I think with Michigan, that they had such a tough time with Florida State in that uh, in that Elite Eight game that I expect a better outing from them. I mean, you saw how they beat Houston at the buzzer and then just blew out Texas A&M, a team, you know, like you had mentioned, that, that just destroyed North Carolina in their prior games. They kind of caught them, you know, in a spot where maybe, you know, they were going to take a step back. But, you know, with Loyola Chicago, look, this is a team that's very smooth out there. When you watch them, we've seen them, I think it was the Nevada game, that they just get, like, layups, layups, they hit their shots. They're a really talented team, okay? We can't take that away from them. I just wonder, you know, when you look back and see what they've done, where, like I mentioned, beating Miami, who had their ups and downs this year, beating in the second round Tennessee, who overachieved in the SEC, and we saw the SEC really didn't have a great tournament, per se, after the first round. And then you beat a mid-major Nevada, and you beat a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. Now you're playing the top team in the Big Ten, at least, that won the tournament, the team that beat Michigan State this year, a team that hung with Purdue a few times, that this is really a step up in class. I'm really I'm really interested to see if they could keep up and if they could knock off this Michigan team. 
I believe they can keep up. I will take them for three-dog Thursday purposes. I don't know that they're going to win the game, but I have a feeling this is a close game. Uh, and again, I was three for three in the Sweet 16 round, so we're on a bit of a roll. I had Florida State uh, in the upset with Gonzaga. I had Texas Tech in the upset with Purdue, and I took Syracuse to keep it close with Duke, getting 11.5 points. I got all three of those right. What do I know? So that's the games we picked last time. I'm going to go here with Loyola of Chicago and the Ramblers. They've got four or five guys that can score, that can drive to the basket, that can shoot three-point shots. I think they can hang in, and I'm going to take the five and a half points. Michigan may win this as a close game, but I mean, every, every one of their victories, it seems like Loyola's had a chance to win or does win the game in the final couple of minutes. The only exception was the Kansas State game, where again they led by ten, uh, really uh, throughout the second half, led by I believe as many as nineteen or twenty in the second half. Eventually, led by ten and and won by double figures. So. Uh, it will be wild to see how much of Chicago is there uh, for the, the Alamo Dome. We, we know Michigan travels well. They had a big group in Los Angeles. They'll have a big group in San Antonio. Uh, John Beeline in the Final Four in 2013. You want another stat? Michigan, Kevin, has never lost a national semifinal game. They are perfect. I believe it is six for six in their history, going all the way back to 1976 when they won in the national semifinal and then eventually lost to Indiana, and Indiana finished the year perfect at 32-0. and Steve Fisher won the tournament in 89. Remember the Chris Weber teams in back-to-back years, each one in the semifinal, lost in the championship game, the Duke and North Carolina, and obviously Michigan won their semifinal game with Syracuse before losing to Louisville in 2013. They've been money in the semifinal round, the Wolverines. So I, I'm not going to outright pick Illinois or uh, Loyola of Chicago to pull the upset here, but I think they can keep it close. I, th- I will take them for three-dog Thursday purposes and take the five-and-a-half points here in the matchup uh, with the Wolverines. All right, so let's dive into the nightcap, which is Villanova and Kansas, the two one-seeds heavyweights. Um, Again, I I believe Kansas will have 15,000, 20,000, maybe more fans in the Alamo Dome. I remember covering the Final Four in 08. It's a bad memory for me as a Memphis guy. Kansas winning the championship. That championship game night, there were 30,000 Kansas fans in the Alamo Dome. It's not that far away. They can be there on the weekend. I'm thinking that Kansas has a bit of an advantage in terms of the crowd. What does this game come down to, and do you potentially like the Jayhawks here in semifinal number two? I do. I mean, obviously, you know, for Villanova, this is a team that shoots the ball extremely well. Kansas, I don't think they're going to have a letdown after the Duke game. I mean, now you have a couple days off. I think it's tough if they would have had to beat Duke on Friday and then play Villanova on Sunday. You know, for instance, I think that would have been very tough, but you get to kind of reset yourself. And you know what, too, that I understand Villanova didn't have to travel a lot in the first two rounds. They went to Pittsburgh, so they stayed in the state. They went to Boston and then came back to Philadelphia, so they really didn't go that far. Now traveling to San Antonio, where really, for Kansas, where did they go? Wichita, not far. Omaha, not far. San Antonio, obviously the closest of any of the schools left to play in the Final Four. And, you know, you look at Kansas, they they won at West Virginia this year as a six-point underdog. They were getting killed in that game, and they came back. They also just beat Duke as an underdog. So, you know, they they have had some success as an underdog this season. And, you know, I think that even if they don't end up winning the game outright, I think they can hang within a few baskets of Villanova. Like you said, Villanova's kind of, uh, you know, they've, they pulled away in games, 
that, you know, it could have gone either way. The West Virginia one, probably the most obvious that it seemed like they probably got bounced, but they ended up winning that one. I just think that for Kansas, you know, they haven't really gone very far travel wise in their first, you know, uh, two weekends of the tournament. They're going to have a good contingent of Jayhawk fans down in San Antonio. I think that they hang here against Villanova. Well, and for the Jayhawks, they did lose their regular season finale in the Big 12 at Oklahoma State, but then they have now rattled off these seven straight wins for Villanova. Their last loss, you got to go back to a Creighton overtime loss on February the 24th. They then won their final two Big East regular season games, rocked on through the three wins in the Big East tournament, including beating Providence in overtime in the championship game, and now have the four NCAA tournament wins. So, again, there's nobody undeserving that's here at this point. And can Jay Wright and Villanova capture a second national championship in three years? They've got to go through Kansas in a semifinal game to do it. Um, I think it will be a close game. And again, if it comes down to foul shooting, Villanova, an excellent free throw shooting team. Michigan, an excellent free throw shooting team. Loyola of Chicago, an excellent three point, uh, free throw shooting team as well as three point shooting team for the Ramblers. Kansas is the one team that struggles at the foul line at times if it is close on Saturday night at the Alamo Dome. We'll see if it is close, uh, for that matchup between the two one seeds that are left. You know, the last time, again, that Kansas was in that uh, building in a Final Four, it was the win over Memphis, the famous Mario Chalmers tying three-point shot where Calipari and Memphis did not foul him. Despite, And by the way, despite what John Calipari said subsequently in the one-and-done documentary, the ESPN 30 for 30, that he had told his guys to foul and Derrick Rose was you know, was supposed to let him get across half-court, they, they weren't trying to foul him. Rose had every opportunity to bump him at midcourt, grab him at midcourt. They didn't grab Mario Chalmers. He got open and he buried the shot. And uh, and the end result is they lost in overtime. So this is 10-year anniversary for Kansas. They're back in, in San Antonio. We should make mention, Kevin, you love these little nuggets on Three Dog Thursday. Kansas was in the Alamo Dome in 2011 in the Elite Eight game and lost to Virginia Commonwealth. So they do have a bad memory as a program since the win over Memphis and the championship in San Antonio. They lost to VCU in 2011 in the tournament. Let's see if they make new memories in the game this weekend. Hey, do you have a final thought on the college basketball season overall? It has been a crazy tournament. We began talking two or three weeks ago that any one of about ten teams could win this. It has certainly played out that way, including Loyola of Chicago getting into the mix. Yeah, well, Villanova and Kansas, obviously not a surprise of them being one seeds, being there in the end. You know, I think that you know we believe you'd have a couple of those top teams there, but I mean, nobody in the world predicted Loyola Chicago would be here. And just the way that East region, uh, or excuse me, the, uh, yeah, was no, the South region, excuse me, just the way that shook out and just having all those top teams all getting knocked out right. kind of said, wow, like this is really crazy. And, you know, again, I think it proves the point once again, that this is not the national champion of college basketball. This is the tournament champion, that this is the team that just wins the tournament. And it's not necessarily the best team, but that's why people like it. And, you know, it should be a pretty pretty fun weekend. And, uh, you know, you just hope that 
if Loyola Chicago beats Michigan, you just hope they'll get wiped out in the championship. That at least they make it competitive, like Butler did a few times, and, and who knows, right. maybe maybe they'll pull up a miracle. Well, and this is the point in time where VCU, Wichita State in 2013 against Louisville, VCU against Butler head-to-head, where George Mason against Florida going all the way back to 2006, they couldn't get by this hurdle. They couldn't get by the national semifinal. Because eventually, again, you're going to run into a tremendous team, Elite Eight or Final Four or National Championship game, and here it is with what Loyola has up against them. But what a story. With Sister Jean, she's going to be like the unofficial mascot of the tournament all weekend in San Antonio. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. My friend, we have come to the end of another season of Three Dog Thursday. I want to thank you again. I want to thank uh, your uh, your colleagues and your employer at VegasInsider.com for allowing us to have you on, for sharing you with us. Uh, here every week on this program. Again, if fans, I'll give you the plug w- once more, if fans want all the great information on the Final Four and the start of the baseball season, et cetera, tell them more again against uh, about uh, Vegas Insider one more time here. Yeah, you can uh, take a look at the Final Four and get all the final numbers and nuggets. We'll have previews for Saturday and for Monday's championship game. And then once college basketball is over, circle up sports life. Baseball begins. It starts on Thursday. So we have the long baseball season that will take us through the summer. NBA playoffs should be a good one, NHL playoffs. And then it will take you back eventually. Before you know it, will be a football season. So really, you know, never a dead time necessarily. Maybe a slow time, but never a dead time. There's always things going on. And just hopefully get through July and then get to August. And then all the football magazines will be out and, Everyone will be ready for that, and then we'll start it up again in the fall with professional and college football. Yep, we'll be excited for all of that. Again, Kevin, thank you for hanging with me for another season. Our third year is in the books of Three Dog Thursday. It will be a cliffhanger as I I took Loyola of Chicago. You took Kansas as the underdogs for the weekend. Uh, You may be hearing the show uh, as the weekend rolls on. Those are our underdog picks for the Final Four in San Antonio. But thank you. Again, great work. Uh, We encourage you to follow Kevin at V.I. Rogers. That's his Twitter handle, at V.I. Rogers. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. My friend, it was fun again for uh, for this year. Happy first birthday, by the way, to your son, to little Mr. Vegas Insider. Uh, your son Mason turns a year old every March, so March Madness in the Rogers house has a whole different meaning. Congrats to that. Enjoy our little off-season that we're going to have, and I look forward to talking with you upcoming in the football season uh, as well when Three Dog Thursday resumes. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I'm getting a lot of exercise chasing him around. But uh, definitely another good season in the books for us. Uh, it's very enjoyable. And, you know, even though for as much as, you know, I, I get tired of football towards the end and I need a break from it, and I kind of get to a point where, like, okay, you know, when you start watching stuff on NFL Network, you hear all about the free agency or even look at college, you say, okay, you know what, let's bring football back. But obviously we need a little break from it, and then we'll be ready to go in the fall. We will be ready to crank it up. We also want to thank uh, our uh, colleagues at RadioInfluence.com, Jason Floyd, Jerry Petuck. They do an outstanding job helping not only make sure this show gets up, gets live, and gets out to you, and and including via uh, iTunes and Stitcher where you can subscribe. Those guys do a great job of promoting us and helping us. We wish them success. Peruse all the programming they have at RadioInfluence.com where this show is housed. And again, if you found us online at RadioInfluence.com, you can subscribe at iTunes and Stitcher and the show 
show will automatically update on your iTunes or Stitcher account whenever we have a new version of Three Dog Thursday, which will be August in this case, the last week in August, Labor Day weekend. We'll come back with this, God willing. If we're all still around, then they'll have us. We look forward to that, so subscribe that way. Thanks also to our sponsor, SmackApparel.com. Take 30% off that promo code HOOPS off your orders, including the Villa Dilly shirt for the weekend. Can Villanova win another national title? Check out the Villa Dilly shirt and all the apparel at SmackApparel.com. The promo code is HOOPS to save 30%. And also VoodooChef.com and that barbecue bundle. Go to VoodooChef.com. Check out that great deal for the barbecue season. Kevin, that's it. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it on Three Dog Thursday. All right, TJ, thank you. There you go. Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the Final Four. I look forward to being in San Antonio and hanging out there and seeing what happens, doing some broadcasting. Let's see how it all plays out for the College Basketball Championship. We will talk to you in the fall on the nation's only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Goodbye once more. Enjoy the Final Four. This is a leveling the playing field quick fix on Radio Influence. This week, I have a new friend of mine, Erica Brennan. She's a head women's golf coach at the University of South Florida. Yeah, my dad. My dad taught me how to golf. He was my first, uh, my first ever swing instructor. And same thing. It was, it was really more about exposure. And it would be, you know, my dad and a couple of the firefighters on his shift. And on the days when they got off at the fire department at, you know, 7.15 in the morning, you know, he would swing by, pick me up, and, and we were off to the golf course. So it was really with dad and, and the guys on his shift that I started playing and just have, have just kind of always loved it. Are there many uh, female coaches in golf? There are, yeah. And, and that's something that I think is, uh, is really cool. But, yes, there are, there are a lot of really strong, amazing women that coach college golf. Leveling the Playing Field with Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.